Well, welcome along this week. I'm so excited about this topic actually. One, because it's just so close to my heart and two, because it has had such a massive effect on all of the people that I've taught what I'm going to teach you about this week and that's conflict resolution. And so although that might sound a bit sick that I love to talk about conflict resolution, actually it's the result that this will get you that is what excites me the most. So <clears throat> what you're going to be needing is a pen and paper um, for this section. I'd like you to get your own pen and paper and I'm going to take you through um, something that I learned a few years ago and have implemented not just in my businesses but certainly at home and through some social um, relationships that I've had and helped people understand the process of egalitarianism and that is leaders sharing each other's space. Okay, so when we're thinking about a business model then it's really important to understand are we in a dictatorship? How is our leadership working? And um, certainly in our household um, within our marriage we wanted to know that you know we were each individuals that were highly valued and therefore we had to accept the premise that people are going to disagree. And if we were going to disagree then we needed to have a set of rules that we would agree to that could help us to move through that conflict in the fastest possible time but still being able to honour each other. And um, I got this process from a doctor. Um, I went and saw him speak at a very large auditorium. There would have been maybe um, 7,000 people there. And so what I'm going to share with you you know, obviously works and has been applied in lots of people's lives. But as I said, I mean, we, we basically wrote this out on big butcher paper. We put it in the kitchen area of our business. And if anybody um, went against these principles that we're going to talk about, then we would literally take them straight by the hand and, and take them to these butcher paper where we'd all agreed on how to resolve any conflict. And, um, and it was the most simple thing um, that was able to be resolved very, very quickly. So I hope that you too get, get that result. So off to get your pen and paper and then we'll come back and we're going to be learning about egalitarianism and conflict resolution. Right, so I hope you've got pen and paper. And something that's important to write down on that uh, piece of paper is something that John Maxwell teaches as a leadership trainer. And that is that it's not always the best team that wins, it's the team that gets on the best that wins. And that really impacted me um, when I first learned that because I would see other far more talented people in the marketplace, um, people that outshone me in every aspect of the word, whether it be a sales target or operationally or financially or, or any of those types of areas. And yet I was amazed that when I would meet with them that they would um, give me a compliment of how successful I was or, or how it seemed that I had something that they were, were looking for. And I think the one thing that you know I've always loved is that the teams of people that I've worked with have always been winning teams. And so you know I've kind of always um, looked for the strength of character of people around me and certainly you know that sums up my husband has a very very strong character, um, very very ethical, very moral. Um, almost to the point where you can get frustrated because everything's got to be perfect and yet that is what I was attracted to right at the beginning of, of somebody being so sure of themselves and so you know is that you? Is that how you tend to see yourself when you, when you engage in an argument? Are you always right? 
Are you the perfectionist? Do you always know that your opinion is the, uh, is the correct opinion? And certainly when you marry somebody like that, it can be a long period of time where you feel like you're just getting into trouble a lot of the time. And that's how I felt, I think, when I first um, got married and, and started to learn all the things that I needed to learn because that honeymoon period was kind of over and so now it was time to, um, to learn the correct ways in which to do things. And when you live with someone who is a perfectionist and you're anything but a perfectionist, and that was probably why they chose you in the first place but may have forgotten that, that key principle, is that uh, you're having that resiliency to be able to perhaps turn a bit of that feedback into humour and be able to have some coping mechanisms and some strategies that you can go to to be able to deal with that inner conflict that happens first and then obviously the uh, very obvious outer conflict that can happen at any time. Um, so I certainly don't want to appear as if um, there is no conflict in my life because I have this incredible relationships with all my teams. I'd say on the contrary, when you work in an egalitarian type environment and you allow people to, to grow at whatever level that they would like to grow, and you invite candor into your meetings, meaning that people are allowed to talk backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards to be able to nut out what it is they're thinking, then often you can you know, have lots of ego within situations. You can certainly have opinions that are clashing. And um, that for me was always quite an entertainment. That was something that I absolutely enjoyed and loved all of the time, provided there was a framework from which we could work from. And the framework um, that we're going to go through today is what was kind of, I guess, the, the basis of me gaining um, my self-image back in terms of this conflict because what I was finding was that for me, every time there was a conflict, I was gathering a little filing cabinet in my mind of all the incidences that I had done wrongly. And my self-image was really crumbling fast. On the other hand, I was building a filing cabinet of Kent all the times that he was right and all the times that I was wrong. And so the more that he would question me, the more I would start to follow what was right for him and I lost sight of what was right for me. And so, you know, conflict arises in lots of different ways, but generally when we're talking about this balance, you know, that we're, we're trying to get for you around family and life and, uh, and business, is that when we're working with each other or, you know, working towards our, our goals, um, that person that can be the most perfectionist can often out-perform um, or out-theorise or out-display that person that's not the perfectionist because... I certainly tend to trip myself up with exaggerations or with, um, with stories that aren't true, which are also called lies, and so therefore I start to doubt myself when I actually am telling my own truth, because I don't have the certainty there anymore. And that provides a very rocky foundation to be able to build from, for anything. And it also leads to a bit of paranoia. Often whenever Kent was near me and I was telling a story, I'd go quiet and I'd start to not tell that story anymore in case there was a mistake that he'd pick up later on. So it's entirely changed my behaviour. Now looking back on it, I can see how hilarious that is because now that I um, have got this framework in place, what's really important for me is that I'm able to get rid of that rear vision mirror. I'm able to get rid of those filing cabinets in my mind and forgive myself enough to be able to say, okay, yep, I admit I was wrong. 
So let me take you through what this framework is so then we can discuss it in a practical term of the to-dos and the not-to-dos and, uh, and I'd encourage you to roll this out to you know, your family and then on to your businesses and anybody who's wanting to decrease conflict in their life. So I'm just going to read some of it because um, it's a, it was a bit hard to, to remember it all. So I think what is very important is, you know, there is, there's one certainty in, in life is that people do argue. <laughs> okay, so we have to um, understand that in, in relationships as partners and uh, in partnership in life, then there are going to be arguments. So don't think that you are unique. Don't think that you're unusual. Certainly don't think that um, it's not normal to argue. It's absolutely normal. So we're going to go through um, the principles. And the first one um, that we write down is, I will accept that your needs are as important as my needs if you will do the same for me. Okay, so we'll get that on the screen as well. I will accept that your needs are as important as my needs if you will do the same for me. That's number one. Number two, if I say no, you may not make me feel guilty. And if you say no, I will not make you feel guilty. Isn't that a great framework? Who's ever done something because... Um, the guilt would have killed them had they not done it just because of the raised eyebrows or the tonality. Well, I never asked you to do it, so why did you do it? Okay, and so those are classic comments. I think they're hardwired into people. Um, certainly, I brought up as a Roman Catholic, I had guilt, you know, hardwired into me as a child, and so, you know, it was just easier to get on and do because the guilt would have killed me. So uh, that was something that had to be undone later on. Number three, we both accept it's okay to make mistakes. And this is where you'll get a big transformation with the, uh, with the perfectionists and the non-perfectionists is we agree it's okay, we're allowed to make mistakes. It's okay because we're going to learn from those mistakes. We're going to move forwards from those mistakes, okay? So we both accept it's okay to make mistakes. And then principle number four, we are allowed to express opinions provided we do not violate the principles of the other party, that is, points one, two, and three. Okay, meaning we're allowed to express opinions, provided that we still accept that your needs are as important as mine and my needs are as important as yours, that if I say no, you're not going to make me feel guilty, and if you say no, I'll not make you feel guilty, and that it's okay to make mistakes. Okay, but we're allowed to express opinions. So they are the four principles of egalitarianism. And that is the framework that I find if we keep on coming back to when we have conflict resolution, that it helps us to be able to have a solid base from which we can move forward. All right, so then the next part of this is really to understand that um, within conflict resolution, there's a process. And step number one of the conflict resolution process is to both admit that there is a problem. Alright, so both admit there's a problem. There's a problem here. Yes, I see it too. Do you see it? Aha. Uh -huh. Number two is try to identify the problem. So when you're working together, you say, right, so what seems to be the problem here? The problem seems to be that the phone rings and a customer um, asks for something and then that message is not being passed on so that therefore that person isn't being serviced. 
Are we agreeing that the problem is communication? As an example. Okay, so we need to agree on what the problem is first so that that one thing doesn't stem then to a whole bunch of other problems um, that cascade out from that filing cabinet of things that you might have stored there. Okay, so try to identify the problem. Number three, look for a solution. So in that example, what about getting a, uh, you know, a formalised telephone pad that must sit next to the telephone at all times with a pen that is connected with a string that can't go missing and that every time the phone rings, the time's put, who rang, what they wanted and you start to build trust again. So you look for a solution which is system based and find out whether or not that's going to work for you. Okay, so look for a solution. Number four, which I think is the most important, is always speak of the solution and never mention or refer to the problem again. And this is probably the transformational one. When you think about it, the fact that you're not allowed to say, oh, but remember last time, you know, that you didn't take that phone message or, or this morning you forgot to um, do that again and bringing up always the same thing because remember now we're only ever to speak of the solution. Okay, so because if that's not solution working, then we need a new solution. Would you agree? Okay, so these are the two principles when we're looking at conflict resolution that, um, as I said, within our business and, and within our relationship, it just relaxed everything a little bit and I was even able to then inject a little bit of humour in later on when I started to get more confident with myself. So, you know, as an example, I might have been being taught how to stack the dishwasher correctly because, you know, my way was just too creative for some people. And so, uh, you know, there is a correct way to stack the dishwasher. And so it was very easy for me to say, well, you know, when I'm as perfect as you, then I'm sure I'll be able to get it. Because if you can highlight something just with a little bit of humour and be able to have a bit of levity, lighten up just a little bit, then sometimes it can break that story down and make both parties feel a little bit better. Okay, so I think that it's really important that, um, you know, during conflict resolution, sometimes those conflicts need to play out for a period of time before we are aware enough to go through to our process. However, what's really important is that we start to understand what are the principles and what are the issues. So I want you to imagine a bike wheel, okay? So we've basically got a, a bicycle wheel. At the centre of the bicycle wheel, the hub, are the principles. And then each spoke, when it goes out to the tyre where it meets, okay, imagine that to be an issue. And so what I generally find is within conflict resolution, and I learnt this in this talk, was that are we talking about issues here or are we talking about principles? And when a conflict keeps on coming up and up and up and up and up and up again, often what you'll find is you'll be dealing with the issues and you haven't got to the underlying principle. Okay, so a great example here might be that, um, you know, something was promised and it wasn't delivered. And so you come up with a solution for that of, you know, over-promising, um, under-delivering issue needs to be addressed. And then the next day, then there's something that's not picked up or, or not completed. That's another issue that needs to be dealt with. Now, the underlying principle could be integrity. And so therefore, eventually, as a leader, 
what you're going to need to do is look at the underlying principle because then all the issues will be cleared. So sometimes if you can think about it like that, go to the hub of the issue or go to the, the target point of whatever the challenge is and then look at that value and then reevaluate re where that value is from that person in comparison to yourself. You know, so for me, integrity is a massive thing. If somebody lacks integrity, then I lose trust in their ability to lead in other areas of business because to me it's one of my highest values. Now that doesn't mean that that's, th that's necessarily the right way to be filtering information. And so unless I was able to address that principle and get clear on where that principle lay for that person, we would continue to have ongoing conflict. And yet when you sit with that person and say, look, I really value integrity and the challenge that I'm having is every issue that's cropping up for me is integrity based. You know, tell me what's your understanding of integrity? I need to understand where you're at with that. They might have a completely different value of, you know, physical health and placing themselves under um, um, immense deadlines and, and stresses doesn't serve them and therefore that's their overlying value and the timelines need to be looked at otherwise you're going to continue to keep on having conflicts and there needs to be a certain amount of acceptance with other people. I used to work with a gentleman who was notoriously late, not just slightly late but just ridiculously late for things and so you know nearly missing aeroplanes, um, being two three hours late for important engagements or, or um, parties or um, business meetings, um, not starting on time, working way over hours when there was no n nothing necessary because he was on a social call or, or things like that. It got to the point where um, the value of having that person within the team started to be diminished because of the unreliability, okay, the frustration that would bring me because I was a very disciplined, very controlled, very time managed person. Um, but eventually what happened was I started to see life from a different lens, a different viewpoint of imagine living life the way that he could live life. Imagine just, you know, going about life being as present as you possibly can and everything fitting in anyway. And so I learned an incredible amount becoming very good friends um, with this person and still friends to this day. And, you know, realizing that I took myself so seriously all of the time that in actual fact I could just chill out for a period of time. So the underlying principle wasn't a conflict from my point of view necessarily, it was some learning that I needed to have from my point of view. And so therefore an acceptance came of that person and an allowing for them to be who they needed to be. And if I was going to lead that person then I needed to make adjustments um, if I wanted them to be part of the team and, and contribute in the valuable way that they were contributing. So I think it's just important to be able to put ourselves, you know, out of the situation. If there is conflict, I always like to look at it from the other person's perspective. And that's something that Kent would always say when I'd, I'd mentioned that I'd had an argument with someone. He said, well, that's your side of it. You know, what would their side be? And, you know, that's an unbelievably wise question. Didn't always get the most um, patient response from me. However, what I've learned later on is that, you know, being able to see myself as others would see me, there's a lot that could raise conflict. And so as having that acceptance of myself and then being able to spin myself into those other person's shoes 
then prior to me even discussing something with them, I would change what I was going to say anyway, which was, you know, absolutely important if we were ever going to move to the next level and work better as a team. Because remember what John Maxwell said, it's the team that gets on the best that wins. And you're trying to put two completely different individuals you know, to then align and then move forward. Now, if that's in your marriage, then just understand that opposites attract. And I don't think there's many things that Kent and I are the same at, um, you know, in any kind of psychological profiling we've ever done and any kind of success coaching we've done and any kind of career that we've done, we have completely different strengths. And so it's silly to try to compete. Okay, what you need to do is start to complete. And if he could complete me, Okay, so that I would go home, run things past him and then be open to the criticism to see that, you know what, he wants to make this result better. He's going to use this perfectionist streak to be able to highlight to me some pitfalls or some areas where I might fall down or over-exaggerate or lie or whatever it was to my team. I would always run that past him first. And then I would go and have that discussion with that person and that's what's called emotional intelligence. When you can hold your tongue, bite your tongue long enough to be able to ask a better question, to be able to ensure that you've got the best lesson from whatever's happened so that when you go back and you talk to that person, then you can admit, you know what, I made a mistake. And you know, if we refer back to, you know, point three of egalitarianism, we accept it's okay to make mistakes and I'm sorry. All right, so that gives us the framework to apologize without our ego having to get into the way and uh, I know that definitely in some of the arguments that you know we've had as a married couple they can get quite heated and things that can be said you feel like oh, I'll never be forgiven for even mentioning that I don't even know who know how you drew that out of me that is something that is really important to understand that if that's something that's happened in your relationship that you can start from wherever you're starting from in any relationship to then say, you know what, this is something that I've just learned, these are the rules that we're going to play, play with, but would we like to take some time, you know, to talk about some things where, you know, I feel I've made some mistakes in this relationship and we're not going to be the winning team because we're just simply not getting on the best. And in order for us to, you know, realign and be able to lead this team to the next level, then there's going to be some underlying principles that we're going to need to be able to you know, get for the other person as well as for ourselves. And so come up with those, you know, top three or four values that are very, very crucial to you seeing that you win and making sure that other person understands that they are pillars for you, that f in order for you to move forward in that relationship, then they are going to have to be understood. And, um, and I think that in any relationship that's, that's worthwhile fighting for, then it's worthwhile sitting down and finding out for that person what are their pillars. And when you understand what their pillars are, then it's just so simple to be able to honour those pillars. And, uh, and that's certainly what I would encourage you to do beyond everything else, is that when you're creating winning teams, is to always reaffirm and to acknowledge that that person has that pillar and to say, look, I know that integrity is hugely important to you, so I just want to let you know or notify you that this is what is happening for me and, um, and this is the way I'll be dealing with it on this time frame, just so we're all clear. Something like that as a, as a great example. 
So basically, if we're if we're having a think of um, what the rules of egalitarianism are and the principles that will help us resolve the issues, um, whatever they are, they have to stem from you. Okay, from you as an individual, of understanding that you know first and foremost that you can make mistakes. You're allowed to make mistakes, and you're allowed to argue. Um, we do recommend that you don't argue too much in public. I certainly wouldn't recommend that you disrespect any males in public. That could be fatal for your relationship. And men, I absolutely recommend that above all else, women require love. That's what they require. So you withdraw love, they withdraw respect. You withdraw more love, they withdraw more respect. Some person has to change this crazy cycle that you can get into. And that means women, you must start respecting men. You must start respecting all the men in your life, whether it's a son, a husband, a father. Respect your men, listen to them. Do as they ask and you'll be showered with more love than you can imagine, which then, of course, you will have more to top up with respect. For the men, it starts with just love them. Love your wives, love your mothers, love your daughters. That's all they require from you. Just lots and lots of love and they'll respect you more in return. So those helpful hints, um, I'm sure, will be able to scoot you miles ahead of where Kent and I were seven or eight years ago as we were learning all this stuff for ourselves. And uh, definitely I want you to put those principles somewhere clear so that uh, in the laundry or something so that if you have a naughty chair there you can go and sit on it for a minute if you've had an argument press a reset button read your rules of engagement and then go back out and and just start again and that's really the crux of it is just forgiving yourself and starting again on a clean slate and um, and then working through that process but it does get easier and certainly um, it can it can come almost enjoyable to have an argument to then know well, I'm going to learn something out of this and change is about to happen again and uh, and that's what growing and learning is all about is personal change and growth and that's what we're here for so you know as a as a family gaining this balance I think it's important to discuss it um, quite candidly and uh, certainly let us know your feedback have a great week and we'll be talking again next week bye